Welcome to the Human Voice Explained. My name is Joop Hegger. I'm a voice coach for public speakers, singers, executives, and performance artists. In this podcast, I'm sharing how the voice massively influences our well-being and accomplishments every day, and how we can help it help us. Because no one's gonna hear us if our voice can't make them listen. Episode 3. The Warm or Deep Voice. What it is and how to make one. What's a voice you could listen to forever, no matter what it says or sings, and no matter who's making it? That's a question I ask most new clients when they enter my vocal studio for the very first time. After they give me a few examples, I continue by asking what they like about those voices. And most of the time, at least part of the answer is that they like how these voices sound warm or deep to them. Now, that's good news. And it's bad news, too. Let me explain. It's good news because it means that most people seem to agree on at least part of what makes a voice likable. And that means we all have a safe option. A type of voice that, once we learn how to make it, we can always use, safe in the knowledge that most people will like the way we sound. Yet it's bad news because there's no clear definition of what a warm or deep voice actually would be. Perhaps exactly because those labels are used so often for a wide variety of voices in speaking, singing and many other vocal use cases. Also, after 10 years as a voice coach, it strikes me how many misconceptions and false assumptions exist about what people consider to be warm or deep voices. In short, the warm or deep voice is both one of the most popular and one of the most poorly defined concepts in the vocal universe. That's why today I'll try my best to clarify things for you. By the end of this episode, you'll know what most people mean when they talk about warm or deep voices, and you'll know how to start getting your own voice to sound warmer or deeper, too. Before we dive in, a quick disclaimer about language. Even though Wikipedia tells me 7,151 languages are spoken today, and even though many of my clients include non-English speakers, I will restrict myself to English in this episode. Most of what I'll be sharing, though, concerns sound, not language, and since most people can make most vocal sounds, I think most of this episode is relevant for most people, regardless of their mother tongue. Now, after listening to the pilot series, some of you asked me to include some voice examples. So, during the past few weeks, I asked everyone I met in person and online for the warmest or deepest voice they could think of. 
Also, I took a look at my notes from the past decade to see what vocal references clients would call warm or deep. The following list combines everything in no particular order. I'll go through some of the spoken examples first before sharing a few examples of singing voices. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored, to see the beauty in the strange and unknown. Morgan Freeman gets a lot of mentions, as does Nigella Larson. And the bass is a port flatbread. I mean, these are styled Mediterranean wraps, but obviously I'm not going to use them as wraps. Many mention Andrew Huberman. Bus up to San Francisco and hanging around in Barcadero. Um, for the skateboarders out there, the listeners, this is the, the now um, famous uh, EMB crowd. As well as Robin Miles. We have technology now that allows us to walk around with our books on our phones, headphones that are noise canceling, so you can listen at the gym and you can listen on a subway. I believe the individual is the answer to the challenges of healthcare. That was Elizabeth Holmes, whose voice is almost as famous as her history. And this is Idris Elba doing a voice I was asked to co-design. To be clear, we have never been accused of being flashy, sexy or lit. Tim Ferriss gets a few mentions. I talk a lot about Stoic philosophy as does Lorelai King's standard voice, because she has many of them. There's a lot for Stephanie Plum fans to enjoy in Going Rogue, but I think especially it's that we get to see more of Joe Morelli's Grandma Bella, who's a great character. Of course, there are many, many, many more. Still, since the list is never going to be complete, and since I'm going to comment on every single example, I'll just and here. As far as speaking is concerned, because of course the notion of warm or deep voices extends well into the vast universe that is song. Wise men say only fools Yes, it's the 2020s, and yes, Elvis Presley is still used a lot as a warm or deep voice reference by many of my clients. Other top five references are a lot newer, though, including Kajibone. Honeycomb, drip amber is a sun, the sweetness that is you. Michael Kiwanuka. We could try to hide it. And Charlotte Day Wilson. Where were you when I was frozen? Drenched in white stone, it was cold. Leonard Cohen, particularly his final album, gets quite a few mentions. They're lining up the prisoners and the guards are taking aim. I struggled with some demons, they were middle class and tame. As does Tracy Chapman. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. A few people mentioned this performance by Joyce Di Donato. Forget 
as well as this one by Leon Le Havas. Again, the list of potential examples is endless. Still, I think these examples will allow me to show you what I think most of us mean when we reference voices as being warm or deep. Let's start with a working definition and then see how that plays out in these examples. My working definition of a warm or deep voice that I would like to use today is a free-sounding, fairly soft voice with a relatively dark sound character, with an optional low average pitch and optional occasional vocal fry or slight breathiness. Now, to everyone except for a few voice nerds, that's gonna sound at least partially foreign. Still, I think it's the most accurate and inclusive definition of a warm or deep voice. So, let me explain what I mean by taking you through each part of that working definition, using my own voice to show you what each building block sounds like. Then, I'll clarify it further by getting some common misconceptions out of the way before we go back to the examples we just heard and see how this definition plays out in other people's voices. And then, finally, we'll look at how you can try all of this at home. The first part of my working definition talks about a voice that is free-sounding. When I say free-sounding, I actually mean that the voice does not sound pressed. A very pressed voice sounds like this, and this is what's happening when my voice gets ever less pressed, up until the point where there is no trace of pressedness left in the voice. Yeah, pressedness is not a real word, I know, we voice teachers, we make up a lot of words. The amount of which a voice sounds pressed. Pressedness. There you go. You learn something new every day. Anyway, here's an example of a slightly pressed voice again. This one is really rather pressed. And this one is again not pressed at all. Some of you will recognize how this final sound sounds perhaps the warmest or darkest of all. Yet, some of you won't, so let's move on to the rest of the working definition. I mentioned warm or dark voices being soft. Seems pretty straightforward to many, however, let me stress that I only mean soft in terms of loudness in decibels, not suggested loudness. I'll get back to that in a second. Moving on. The final part of the working definition is that warm or dark voices tend to have a relatively dark sound character. It sounds like this and it means that the lower overtones are relatively loud when compared to both the fundamental pitch as well as the higher overtones. For easy comparison, this is when none of the overtones are louder than usual this is when the higher ones are relatively loud, and this, again, is when the lower ones are relatively loud. And this is when both the lower and the higher overtones are loud in comparison to the fundamental pitch. 
Again, since it's part of the definition, this, what I'm doing now, is a relatively dark sound character. And that's the first part of the working definition. To summarize, a free-sounding, relatively soft voice with a relatively dark sound character. This is me pretending to have a totally different sound character, first making my voice sound unpressed or free, then turning down my loudness level, and then increasing my darkness level, ever so slightly, ending up with what most people would agree is a fairly warm or dark sound. Moving on to the optional add-ons to my working definition. These are characteristics present in many, yet certainly not all voices labeled as warm or dark. The first one is low average pitch. Our brain recognizes most of the sounds that our voices make as being of a certain pitch, most of them corresponding to a certain key on the piano or a certain number in hertz. The succession of these different pitches creates a sense of direction to our speaking or singing, a process commonly referred to as melody. Each melody has a highest pitch a lowest pitch and therefore an average pitch. For instance, this is a spoken melody with a high average pitch and this is a melody with a low average pitch. The second optional add-on to my working definition is breathiness. This is a fully breathy voice which is also known as whispering. This is the opposite a voice where the breath noise is hardly audible. And this is something in between, where both the tonal characteristics and the breath noises of my voice are well audible. This, of course, is a very high level of breathiness, and this is a lower level of breathiness, which is more common. Yet you can still hear the breath sound in my voice. Yes, I know, purists, breathiness is another word made up by us voice teachers, and you're very welcome for that. The final and last optional add-on is vocal fry, also known as creak. Technically, it's what happens when our vocal folds produce a regular, irregular noise. That is, it has no pitch, meaning it could not be played on a piano. It's more like a percussive noise. However, it's a noise that sounds regular enough for most people to interpret it as just being very low-pitched and as such as part of the melody. This, for example, is me doing a movie trailer voice where I'm ending downward melodic slopes in vocal fry to suggest that my voice is lower than it actually is. Summarizing, according to today's working definition, a warm or deep voice would always be relatively unpressed or free like I'm doing now, fairly soft like I'm doing now, and with a relatively dark sound character like I'm doing now. Sometimes it would also have low average pitch like I'm doing now, and second optional add-on would be 
a certain amount of breathiness which I'm including now and a final optional add-on is the occasional vocal fry. Now, I know that for many of you this already is a lot of information, so before we move back to the examples, let me quickly discuss a few common misconceptions so that you don't get lost in the process. First of all, notice that although low average pitch, low loudness levels and dark sound color often coexist, they're not mutually dependent. This, for instance, is a high-pitched yet fairly dark voice. Whereas this is simply a soft voice, it's my normal speaking range, I'm not particularly low in actual pitch, yet for many people this will still sound like a warm or deep voice, um, yet it's not a dark sound color because if I add that on I start sounding like this and that's different still, but notice how some of you might confuse what I'm doing now for a low-pitched voice, which is not the same because that would sound like this. Then I go, then I take my average pitch all the way down and then when I get rid of the dark sound color and stay with my average low pitch, this is what it sounds like adding darkness back on, this is what that sounds like and getting that off of the voice again, I am now at my low average pitch moving up to my general pitch, my actual average pitch. And let's see, I think that's it for the examples. Second thing to notice is that I'm not using any cultural or biological denominators. The human voice is extremely flexible. Most people can make most vocal sound characters, so almost everyone can make a warm or deep voice, no matter their actual background. All it will take is some, or a lot, of vocal training. Now, when I say that in a room, most people instantly go like, yeah, sure, I believe that most people can do most things with their voice, but I surely cannot because my voice is not flexible enough for that. Now, if that was more or less what was just going through your mind, let me say this. As far as I know, only people with severe physical trauma in their voices, that means that their vocal folds are so broken that they can hardly produce any sound at all, only some of them, and certainly not all of them, some of them have voices that are not flexible enough to do most things. Every other voice, as far as I'm aware of, can change most of how it sounds. Actually, that's kind of how I started. As a teenager, I was hearing all these beautiful voices out there in the world, and I was like, they're human, I'm human, I can probably do what they're doing. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, but I am saying you can allow yourself to get inspired by some real-world examples. So let's revisit the examples we just heard and see if my working definition can help us to figure out what's going on and if we can do something similar. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored, to see the beauty in the strange and unknown. Bingo. All of my working definition is here, both the standard bit as well as the three optional add-ons. Let me talk you through them and see if you can recognize it and possibly agree with me. Now, I'm hearing a voice that is, to start with, 
free sounding. I'm not hearing any pressedness like this. Okay? Secondly, I'm hearing a voice that is fairly soft. So, I was just talking fairly loud, so this is a moderately loud speaking voice. He's actually quite soft. Now, the final thing is, he has a fairly dark sound character like I'm doing now. Okay, let's see if we can agree on that in the first part of what he's doing. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored. Okay, now I was hearing everything here, so I'll just continue with the optional add-ons. Well, the first one would be a low average pitch, and I believe that I'm hearing that. Let me, in my not Morgan Freeman voice, try to mimic exactly the pitch that he is doing so you can see what I mean. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored. I'm not even making the final pitch. That's too low for my voice. But he is definitely doing it. So his voice has a low average pitch. Second optional add-on. A certain audible amount of breathiness. To see the beauty in the strange and unknown. And unknown. It wasn't super audible, but there definitely was a slight sigh in that last phrase. The third optional add-on would be the occasional vocal fry. Now, let's go back and listen to what he's doing at the ending of his phrases. His low tone, his very low tone, actually goes on to become a vocal fry. There are those of us who like to venture to the unexplored, to see the beauty in the strange and unknown. And that's it for his voice. Going back to Nigella Larson. Mediterranean wraps, but obviously I'm not going to use them as wraps. And this is a tomato, mint and halloumi pizza. Okay, I'm hearing everything of my standard working definition. So I'm hearing an unpressed voice. I'm not hearing none of this again. I'm hearing a fairly soft voice. She's definitely not doing this. Um, I'm speaking to fill a room voice, rather she is talking softly, calmly if you will, um, but definitely a low volume in decibels and with a relatively dark sound character. Now this may be harder for some of you to hear, but um, let me just say that this is my standard voice, this is a slightly darker voice, this again is a standard voice and this is a slightly darker voice. I'm just going to get the seeds out of the tomato because I don't want it too wet and pulpy on that thin base. On that, on that thin base, on that thin base would be normal. On that thin base, on that thin base is what I was just hearing. I'm just going to get the seeds out of the tomato because I don't. Tomato. I don't want it too wet and pulpy on that thin base. Sometimes we would be hearing as an optional add-on a low average pitch and I do believe that this in Nigella's total speaking range, if I were to guess it, would be fairly low in her speaking range. And that's it for Nigella's voice. We didn't talk about sports, we talked about science and I had this close relationship with science and the people around science, but then all of a sudden... Okay, I'm looking to see if I'm hearing all the things of my standard working definition of a warm or deep voice, which would be 
am I hearing um, a pressed voice or am I hearing a free voice? I'm looking for a free voice. Am I hearing a fairly soft voice or am I hearing a voice that is actually fairly loud? Am I hearing a relatively dark sound character? The structure around family. Structure, structure around, structure around family. I think Andrew Huberman is trying to sound consciously or subconsciously a little lower than his actual vocal range allows. So this would be a normal speaking, um, a normal sound color. This is a slightly darker sound color. Look if you can see what I mean. Like it, instead of dinners together every... Like instead of dinners together. Every night, it was just like me and my mom. Me and my mom. So um, this is me doing me and my mom. So it's slightly darker. This is me not doing that slightly darker. Me and my mom. At the same pitch, me and my mom. Me and my mom. With the darkness back on. Okay, it's fairly soft. This would be when it's louder. This is fairly soft. Mm -hmm. And I was an adolescent. And I was. And I was an adolescent. He sounds like he's. He may be louder, but actually he's quite soft. Dating puberty, so you know. So you know. There was bound to be some shifts in my world landscape and internal landscape anyway. An internal landscape anyway. I wouldn't say it's super free. It's not the freest voice that I've ever heard. But I wouldn't say this voice is pressed either, so it ticks all my boxes and this voice definitely passes as a warm or dark voice, according to my working definition. Part of it is the technology, but that's only part. I think the other part is there's been a stylistic switch. Now, this specific example of Robin Miles has a lower volume of the clip itself. I'm trying to boost it in post-production, but in case it doesn't entirely work, try to listen through this audio itself being softer and try to listen to the actual vocal sound. We're looking to see if this voice is unpressed, which is free, if it's fairly soft, and if it has a fairly dark sound character. In audiobooks. So when I first started, I learned this kind of classic way of not interpreting too much, staying out of the... And I'm hearing all of those. Let's see if we're hearing the optional add-ons, a low average pitch, an audible amount of breathiness, and or occasional vocal fry. Way of the performance, in a way. Uh, I'm not saying that well, but... So, we've been influenced by film, I think. I don't think any of these optional add-ons are here. I'm hearing a, a, an average pitch that is actually quite high. I'm hearing not so much breathiness, and I'm not hearing much vocal fry. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if this voice, I don't know if Robin Miles has a trained voice for theater, it wouldn't surprise me. Why am I saying that? Because vocal fry and breathiness, for stage performance at least, aren't very audible in the theater seats, and therefore aren't trained or are trained to are trained away so to speak actors are trained not to do it so moving on to the final example of this analysis of speaking voices because i know some of you will love the analysis but we can't engage the individual elizabeth holmes in changing outcomes Unless individuals have access. Unless individuals have access. What's happening here, and I'm now consciously not doing a lower sound color than I need to do. Um, this is me just, just me doing 
a low um a super low average pitch and this is me actually making the sound color darker now um i would say that this is what this what my voice would sound like if i if i were to imitate elizabeth holmes voice in my own voice to the information to the information they need to do so the right to protect the rate you can hear it in particular vowels when a voice is darker in the sound color than usual because darkness is ma- is made by the lowering of the larynx and the larynx is attached to the tongue so some vowels are hard to make so if we go back to that word that we just heard the rate rate it sounds like not like a right the ah is almost gone right it sounds like rate rate sounds like an a rate to protect Act. the health, health and well-being. You see what I mean? Okay, so in Elizabeth Holmes' voice, I'm hearing a darker sound color as well as low average pitch. Dark sound color would be part of my standard definition. So I'm looking to see if these other ones are there too. I'm hearing a fairly free voice, not so much pressed. Even though you could doubt that on some vowels she is ever so slightly pressed and a fairly soft voice i could definitely check that box um but with an with an average pitch that is so low i would definitely say that the low average pitch makes up for the occasional pressed or slightly pressed tone so elizabeth holmes voice is definitely passing as a warm or deep voice okay moving on to the singing examples i'll do a few of them Falling in love with you is definitely not pressed because that would sound like this. So it's definitely free, it's fairly soft um, because it's not that this, this voice would not be filling a room because this is happening when I'm leaving the microphone. It's not filling the room at all. In fact, I have to be close to the microphone for, for this to work. And it has, it definitely has a relatively dark sound character falling in love with am i overstating let's see shall Shall. remember what i just said with elizabeth holmes voice how um some vowels change when the larynx is so low that the tongue is being pulled down stay. stay There's just like almost an O in the uh, uh. So yes, this definitely passes as dark. Okay, does it have a low average pitch? I guess that kind of only works with um, speaking voices because in singing, the pitch is arranged. You know, it's it's fitting into the general context of the song, even though you can transpose a song down. Falling in love with you is what I would do with the same melody with not so much a dark sound color. It's not, it's not a very low voice for his, um, a low average pitch for his voice, I would say. An audible amount of breathiness, absolutely. The occasional vocal fry, no, none of that. 
Then the next voice, which was Kajibane. And I am the humble bee that brings the pollen to. That, that brings, that brings, that, that brings. Let's see. I'm hearing an unpressed and free, fairly soft voice that's both Czech with a relatively dark sound character that brings, that brings, speaking um, normal, not-so-dark sound character. Um, this is dark again. Dark. Low average pitch. Da, da. I think, you know, it's the same story as with Elvis. And the audible amount of breathiness. I would say so. Vocal fry I'm not hearing here so much. Perhaps that's also part more of the speaking voices where they go down and end in a vocal fry to suggest a lower tone. Um, I mean a lower pitch than they actually are making. Let's see, I'm going to do two more voices of, of singers and then I'm moving on to the final part of the episode. But still I do everything you require. But still I do everything you require. Okay, what am I hearing? I'm hearing So what can I say when I'm home? What can I say? So what can I say? Okay, it's not pressed at all, it's free, definitely. It's fairly soft, yeah. With a relatively dark sound character, absolutely, because this this is what not dark would sound like, and I'm hearing more of this. Open. The hour will is that changing vowel again to a low larynx, low tongue position sound, to go. which is an effect of a dark sound color. Sun as it's okay. Then, do we hear an audible amount of breathiness as an optional add-on? Straight through to you and me. I think this is more or less what I was hearing, and yes, that definitely does have a fair amount of optional breathiness. Okay, the final example will be Leonard Cohen. I didn't know I had permission to murder and to maim. You want it darker? That's, you know, it does not have any pitch whatsoever. This is just... It's actually, <laughs> it's actually an example that I put here um, to show you the difference between um, pitch and that vocal fry situation that I was talking about. I'm ready, my lord. He's speaking, but he's sighing, right? Um, so let's see if this is a warm or dark voice according to the definition, the working definition that I suggested. I'm hearing a fairly soft voice, that's true. I'm hearing a fairly free voice, I'm not hearing any pushing going on. And I'm hearing a relatively dark sound character. All of these boxes are checked. Then, are we seeing a low average pitch? I think so. But I think at this age, this is his final album, I don't think Leonard Cohen could sing very high um, anymore at all um, if pitch is concerned at all but because like I'm on most of these syllables I'm actually hearing no pitch at all I'm just 
I'm just hearing a lot of breathiness and the occasional vocal fry. So vocal fry combined with breathiness. This is vocal fry combined with breathiness. There is no pitch. I could not play this on the piano. Okay, the words flame and came did not have pitch, and the other ones did, I think. So you can listen back in the episode and see if you agree. Okay, and that's it for the analysis of the examples. I know I did not do all of the examples because I was looking at the clock and realizing that this is going to be a very lengthy episode anyway. So... If you have questions about one of the examples that I did not analyze, definitely do ask them. You can find my details anywhere where you find my work. I'll put a link to my work in the show notes of this episode. So, how to try this at home? That's actually two questions in one. The first question is, what kind of warm or dark voice would I like to make and why? And the second question is, how can I make the building blocks of that sound and then piece them together? Answering the first question, what kind of warm or dark voice would you like to make? Answering that question starts with looking at the context in which you will use that warm or dark voice. Does your context require you to have a particular kind of voice, a particular quality, or do you have full flexibility and can you just follow your taste? A few examples. An opera director is going to expect a certain sound from the singers. Or a brand wants to be represented a certain way by its voiceover actors and sales agents. Or senior management has to generally sound experienced and knowledgeable. And so on. An easy way to assess if there is a context that you have to keep in mind when designing a particular voice is by simply asking who's listening and should your voice evoke a particular kind of feeling with them. If yes, you can see if you can imagine a sound that would do exactly that, evoke exactly that feeling with your audience. If you have no context that's influencing your sound, you can just take a shortcut and ask yourself how you would like to feel when making and listening to your voice. Going back to the original question, which was what kind of warm or dark voice would you like to make and why? We now covered the why part, okay? You want to make a particular kind of voice because it has a particular effect on your audience and or on yourself. Now, that effect is sorted by a particular kind of voice, and you can either find that with your imagination, but what's easier is to simply go to your preferred source of audio, like YouTube or Spotify or anything really, and try to find at least five voices that kind of do what your future warm or dark voice should be doing. Then, listen closely and try to do with these examples what I did to mine earlier, but then write it down. On a scale from minimum zero to maximum 10, try to see how these examples sound unpressed or free, to what extent they are soft, and to what extent they have a dark sound color. Then 
Do the same thing, so on a scale from 0 to 10, note if you hear any of the optional add-ons. So note if you're hearing a low average pitch and how low that is and make sure that you're not confusing pitch with all the other ones. See if you can hear the occasional breathiness and give it a number. Assign it a number with 10 being maximum breathiness, which equals whispering and zero being no breathiness and see if you can hear vocal fry. The result is a recipe. You have six ingredients and you know how much of each ingredient you're hearing in that particular voice. And like you would with a recipe in the kitchen, you can now adjust your own voice according to these six ingredients and start trying to piece them together like you would prepare a meal, adding one ingredient after the other. And that's it. If that's doing it for you, great. And if not, just go ahead and ask a vocal professional near you or me for help. A final remark about technology. Phone and especially laptop microphones generally do a pretty poor job at recording and especially playing back low frequencies, meaning that dark sound characteristics are easily lost when using such devices. And that means, in simple terms, that you shouldn't get intimidated when your voice doesn't sound as warm or deep as that of your examples when you are using your phone to record or play back your own vocal sound. And that brings us to the end of today's very long episode. Thank you very much for staying with me. We've heard that most people like the same type of voices and use the labels warm or deep to often describe such voices. Taking over 500 examples, I summarized such voices as being free-sounding, fairly soft voices with a relatively dark sound character and with optional low average pitch and optional occasional vocal fry or slight breathiness. We went on to explore what that means and what that sounds like in a small selection of other people's voices before I explained how you can start trying this at home. Now, if you have any questions or comments about today's episode, you can email me at podcast at the And if you like the show, please consider following, rating and reviewing it wherever you listen. My mission is to provide quality information and awareness about the voice to as many people as possible. And by rating, following and sharing the podcast, you make it much easier for others to find it. Should you want to improve your own voice with professional assistance or learn more about my background and work, visit thevocal.coach. I'll put all the relevant links in the show notes. Finishing with some housekeeping, I know this episode was expected by many to be released a little earlier. However, I've been working on a voice training app that I'm going to continue working on now. So 
It will take a while for the next episode to be released, and I'm sorry that this one took so long. However, next time I won't just be back with a new episode of The Human Voice Explained, but also with a voice training app for any use case and any budget. More on that later. For now, let me simply wish you the best of luck and a great time using your voice. Thank you.